Hi, I'm Lauren and he's Jordan and welcome to the His Film, Her Movie Podcast. How tired are you? Well, I didn't really sleep very well last night. Do I sound tired? No, no, not at all. You sound lovely. That's okay. My boss was like, ooh, people are yawning a lot today. And I was like, yeah, that'll be me. <laughs> Giant yawns yeah. all the way through. And welcome to episode 10. Episode 10. Of the His Film, Her Movie podcast. Yes. Double figures. Double figures. And this week we are doing History Maker. Number two. Number two. Yeah, so for a couple of weeks, well, five <laughs> weeks ago, <laughs> we did our first one, which was for Pride. Yes. Um, so which I picked. Which you picked. And we yes. thought, given the, the month that we were in, we were in Pride Month. So therefore, it was a very fitting, mm-hmm. very fitting film for it. And this time, it's my choice. And I was looking in the calendar of saying what happens around about August. And well, I was going to tell you something, but as today is the 31st of July. July, it's Harry Potter's birthday. Is it? Yay! <laughs> so we could have done Harry Potter. We could have. We could have done Harry Potter. We could have, but it'll be coming out on August 1st. Oh, okay. Let me look at the calendar at work. I'm sure it's na- International Cat Day on the 4th or something. <laughs> and we're not doing cats because that trailer is just <laughs> the most terrifying thing. <laughs> Do a whole hour on the post-traumatic stress caused by that trailer. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, I interrupted you. You're all right. So yeah, <laughs> what happened in the first couple of weeks of August? Um, and one thing that sort of popped out was the resignation of Richard Nixon, yeah. the first president to resign. And I thought, okay, that's an interesting subject to take. And I was thinking, what could we do? We could do all the president's men, but that's been done a lot. Mm-hmm. We could have just done Nixon, Oliver Stone's film, but again, that's done a lot. And I thought, well... We could have done Frost Nixon. We could have done Frost Nixon. But I thought, let's pick an interesting one with and an underseen one in the 1984 film, <clears throat> Secret Honour, directed by Robert Altman. A very unique film in a way, but we can get into it. Yes. Is there anything else we want to talk to before we get into the show? Is there any any housework we need to get out or? Well, today is Wednesday. It is. This podcast go out tomorrow, which is a Thursday, and two days after that, it's my Hindu. So I'm going to apologise now in case I get drunk and post drunken pictures on the wrong Instagram because <laughs> it's always a possibility. So. If you see me posting, so if there's something pops up on your Instagram under our username and it's just a bunch of drunk ladies and cocktails, you know I've logged into the wrong one on my phone. <laughs> so this this is a this is a preempted apology. Yes. Also, we're going to Liverpool. Yeah. So if anybody knows of some good places, let me know. That would be quite good. I have no say in what we're doing. But, you know... It's good to have a voice. It's good to be able to go, I'd like to go here, and then to be told, no, you can't go there because we've planned everything. (laughs) But no, back to the film. Okay. (laughs) 
mother. I did not elect myself. They elected me not once, not twice, but all my goddamn life. And they would do it again, too, if they had the chance. Oh, sure. They said they didn't trust me. They said, let Dick Nixon do it, and I did it. They said they wouldn't buy a used car for me, but they gave me the biggest vote in American history. And then they flushed me down the toilet, and they wanted me to stay down. So, what is the secret honour? It is a one-man show, in effect. And it was, that's where, that's where it started. It started on the stage by writers Donald Freed and Arnold M. Stone. Mm-hmm. And Robert Altman went to see it and instantly wanted to make a movie of it. Was he high at the time when he saw this film? He maybe had. It's not the film, the, the play, and thought this is a good idea. <laughs> He may be. So, I I, I think this is quite an introduction to the film of Lawrence Thoughts. So, just a little bit of a synopsis. So, it all takes place in Richard Nixon's private study. Was that in the White House or in his own house? No, this is after the resignation, so it's in his own house. Right, okay. I have questions, but we'll get on to the questions. Okay, yeah, so it's it's after his resignation, and he, he, he starts recording... A memoir, really, and what comes out is some of his insecurities, some of his sort of combative nature of what happened to him and what made him resign, the people involved, and he talks and he talks for 90 minutes, non-stop monologuing. You're really selling it there, Jordan. I am. I think I'm doing a very good job here. (laughs) So Well, you got me to watch it. It stars Philip Baker Hall, who was mainly seen as a stage actor at the time. He wasn't really known, so he, he, he became more known in his mid-40s when he came to Hollywood, and he's worked with some of the best out there. Paul, Paul Thomas Anderson has used, used him in many different films, and Robert Altman being one of the, the best exports of American cinema. It's one of those films where... After we watched it, you normally don't tell me what you thought about it. You rather wait for the podcast, but you instantly let me know what you thought about it. Because what did you ask for after the film? Could I have those ninety minutes back, please? <laughs> yeah. Which, just for the view for the viewers, for the listeners out there, is exactly what my mum said after watching the first uh, Avengers film. She was like, "Can I have that time back, please?" Because I hated it. <laughs> so it's. It starts with a scroll, and it tells us that this is a fictional story. It's a fictional version of Richard Nixon, just trying to understand the man. And after the title, I quite like it because it comes out and says, it's a political myth. And it riffs on that story, which is sort of an infamous story, after Nixon resigned in the, in the Oval Office, of him drunken, falling to his knees, and sort of screaming at patents on the wall um, not really getting to grips with what's actually happened to him mm-hmm. so <clears throat> let's start with you what did you essentially I'm thinking not like more than at all like okay um, no didn't like the film at all um, I'm exhausted today don't know why because <laughs> I fell asleep <laughs> and now I'm halfway through this film don't get me wrong the actor he 
was so full of passion and rage and he was brilliant and I loved how it kept on flicking between different ends of the room and how it was showing him on his CCTV. Yeah. Great idea. Okay? Brilliant. One, shows me that Nixon's an absolute lightweight because he was either bat crap crazy or he was pished after two drinks. <laughs> it just seemed mad. He was ranting and raving at these pictures on the wall. I thought he was in the White House because he was saying that I hate you and I hate you and going, okay, we must be in the White House. He just said he was in his own house. Why has he got pictures of the people that he hates in his house? I think it's just more of a, a narrative crux, really, for them to actually be able to, for, for the actor to interact with so you know who they're talking to, talking about. I thought this film was going to explain the Watergate thing a little bit more. All I got from this is that he is a bit crazy. Yeah. A lightweight. He has serious mummy issues. Yes, we'll get into those. Really serious mummy issues. And can't work modern, aka a tape player. And that's... Modern technology. I think, I mean, the, he starts his tape player and then begins to talk into it. And that that's the whole film. But what I loved about that beginning, because it does take about five minutes for the film... Feels like 20. <laughs> ...to get going. So he sort of comes into his office, he sorts out his um, security system, pours himself a drink, gets all in order, <clears throat> and then starts to try and work this voice recorder. I feel so sorry for, like, what... The, the dude that he was speaking to on it. Like, he was like, oh, ranting and raving. And then, going, oh, yeah, go back and delete, like, the past 20 minutes and ignore that. Oh, don't print that. I was watching the man and I was like, I have no idea. I, I, you talk about your brother? Are you talking about somebody that you hate? Are you talking about something that happened? Are you talking about a prostitute in the woods? I don't know <laughs> what you were going on about. It's just one big rant. It is. And it and, makes no sense. If I want to see it. somebody having a drunken rant, I'll go to Lloyd's on a Saturday night and laugh at the drunk people. But going back to that start, what I like about it is the fact that for somebody who's coming into that film not knowing what it is and not knowing that you're going to be watching this 90-minute monologue, watching Nixon trying to work this recorder, you don't know if it's going to be a farce, a comedy, because just... I found that bit quite endearing. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, and the gardener's wife's in hospital, get her this and get her this. And I was like, oh, do you know what? That sounds quite nice. I've heard lots of bad things about Richard Nixon. If it was maybe, like, giving a crap about the people around him, like, that, that's quite nice. Nope. Totally blew that out of the water with his... Literally have no idea what this guy was going on about. Well, it, Nearly shot himself at one point. Well, that's it. And I, I like... I love the way it's staged... And, like, for example, at the beginning of the film, you literally have, like, Chekhov's gun. He brings it out, puts it on his desk, and as he's sort of getting drunker and more angry and more desperate, the camera sort of always sort of goes back to that gun of saying, what's going to happen, what's going to happen? And we know nothing does happen because it's history. Mm -hmm. But there's there's also that threat when he's going through it that, look, is Altman going to kind of rewrite history here? 
And is he going to make Richard Nixon kill himself in this? Because we've had stuff like that before yeah. where filmmakers have sort of had their artistic vision of, of history. We've had it in films like Inglourious Bastards where they kill Hitler and I things like, that, like film. that. That film's funny. It is, it's good. But what I love about this film, and the thing is, this is the first, I mean, apart from maybe what, before Sunrise where we didn't get on with that film. This no, is the guy was a jackass. This is for me like a five star, incredible. Oh my god, classic. who am I marrying? <laughs> and okay. it's... To me, this is a film that probably shouldn't be a film. It is the kind of thing where you go and you see it on the stage and it's atmospheric and you get it and you're in and the guy's practically talking to you, the person in the audience. You get it. But as soon as you feel like you put something like this on the screen, you lose the atmosphere you lose the bit that makes it personal so i think it is atmospheric and i think it's the way altman shoots it and how his camera sort of goes along i mean you're you're always an attention of what nixon the character is saying in the film but it's never boring to look at because the way altman really just moves throughout it it's always exciting visually. And for one man just pacing up and down or sitting still in a room, it's it's never boring. And mm. I, I love that about it. It's 90% of the film is Philip Baker Hall's performance. Yeah, and he, he's, he's obviously a brilliant actor. I just... It's not an impersonation. It's not an impression. No. It, it's not like when you've got, for example, Anthony Hopkins in Nixon, all the Stone films. He's very much doing Nixon, mm-hmm. where this is, he sort of embodies him. And that, that madness, that disjointed way that he speaks and how his expletives sort of work like punctuation in a way. Yeah. And when you listen to the recordings in, in the White House, the sort of what came out of Watergate... That's the way he spoke and how he managed to capture that and get and give a performance. I mean, if you, if you think about, I mean, obviously this is different because it's in a, on film, but if he's delivering all that ninety minutes in a play every night, like the amount of energy that goes into his performance, he, he's was, dripping he in was, sweat yeah. and he looks exhausted. In it's an exhausting film watching it, like. It was. You, for me, in a different way than you. <laughs> I, I watch it in awe, kind of, to be honest. What, what they're talking about and what they... It's a strange film because it not only makes you hate Nixon, but it sort of makes you feel sorry for him. I didn't, I didn't feel... I didn't hate him. I didn't have a bloody clue what the hell he was going on about. For me, the China plant, don't know what that is. No idea. Deep Throat, isn't that like a 70s porn film or something? Deep Throat is a person who advised or sort of whistleblowed to Woodward and Bernstein about Watergate and said, follow the money and you're going to find who's actually a point. Okay. I thought more stuff would be explained. Hmm. So I was like, when he said, oh yeah, it's like about the Watergate scandal and all this, I was like, great. Gonna get a guy. He said it's just him talking about it. I thought, oh, okay, this will be quite good because you'll get like his version of events. I don't feel like I got his version of events because he'd start talking about it and then he'd start being going, "Oh, mummy, mummy, don't look at me like that." Oh, 
my brother died of TB and then my other brother died of TB and then, oh, um, then the China plan happened and then we went to the woods and I answered an ad in a... In a and I was like, this is so... There is, it's so disjointed that I, I couldn't follow it. I couldn't follow it to the point where I started colouring my notebook and I drew a chicken and a pig. <laughs> It's a, it's a stream of consciousness and you do get that you, you get that in a way it's a film with ADHD because you've got this drunken getting drunker man mm-hmm. just still a lightweight though yeah exercising his demons to nobody to, to I mean to the audience yes but once he gets going he can't stop, and that's when he obviously comes back. But you get to see the two different sides of Nixon. You get to see that sort of madness can't string two sentences together. But then when he talks about him running for office and how he could have beat Kennedy, and he goes in that sort of spiel, you get to see the performance of the politician and his confidence rise and all that insecurity, all that sort of doubting himself because he talks about his brother a lot yeah um and talks about how he sort of reminded him of, of, of john f kennedy and he was always a ladies man he always did this he was good looking he was tall and you get that sort of self-loathing and that jealousy of the fact that he was all yeah he was, he was always the person thought of second not mm-hmm. first and he got it through his family and he's obviously his issues with his mother of i don't think him feeling very loved and then you got that following through to being obviously vice president and then losing to John F. Kennedy. Yeah. And when you talk about Watergate and things like that, we do kind of get his views on it because according to him, he did nothing wrong. And he actually goes into something interesting about Watergate because not only does he say the fact that he got a pardon off Gerald Ford, mm-hmm. but... The reason he hated to get in that pardon because that admitted guilt, whereas he was never charged with a crime. He was never charged with anything. Okay. So therefore, he was like, you give me that pardon, but I didn't ask for it because I would have won. I would have won my case. So you giving that pardon has killed you and it's killed me because obviously Gerald Ford didn't win um, when he went for re-election. And yeah, it's... It's for me. It's so interesting to just to watch a man melt down, and just to see all the the, all the bats, all the crazy stuff just spilled out. The man was melting down within five minutes of him opening his mouth. It wasn't like a gradual thing, and I just I'm fine with like a stream of consciousness. I'm fine with that. You, I feel like that's really good. Okay, oh, exercising the demons, everything. It was. It was just. It was. Too much. I couldn't follow the film. I had no idea what he was doing. He was saying things about things that I just didn't understand. <laughs> so I've just seen your chicken. <laughs> chicken. <laughs> and a pig. And a pig. And a pig. The other thing was, um, the only other thing that I noticed was, there was the Rip George Washington picture. Yeah. That was from The Simpsons. <laughs> but the pictures as well, what I quite like about those is... I mean, it's all little sort of production design things. It's like they're all tilted. But that's how they all used to be. But, but it, it gives you that feeling of them looking down at him, of judging him, of being above him, and therefore 
adds to that element of claustrophobia and of what's the word I'm looking for? Um, paranoia. Well, paranoia, but the fact that he's not as good as them, them, because he goes on and talks like, mm-hmm. I really wanted to be Abraham Lincoln, but do you know what? Things don't happen like that. But again, even a few years after he resigned, they were talking about how, apart from the scandals, was Nixon a good president? I mean, yes, he did some bad things, but some of the things that that, that he put through may have benefited the country. And it's just the way people sort of look back with rose-tinted glasses, and especially with the way he talks and the way he monologues and how he is so unedited who does it remind you of of that sort of like he can't keep his head in one place at one time and it does it reminds you of trump yeah it does you'll talk about something and just jump all over the place like narratively and it's kind of scary that when we look at somebody like nixon or we look at somebody like bush or we look at somebody like reagan with these things it's like oh do you know what now when you think about it they weren't all that bad. Mm, I might disagree on the whole Reagan thing. Okay. I might disagree that Reagan wasn't all that bad. The man's best friend was dying of AIDS and he refused to admit that yes. AIDS was like even a thing. Um, so I might disagree on that, but it was too much. It was a Tuesday night. I was tired. I'd been to my exercise class. This man was drunkenly ranting on the TV. And I didn't know. It, it was... I think it was a choice for me to, to just to test the water of what 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 I, what I can do in the future. Honestly, like I was getting to the point where I was just I felt like going, Jordan, how bloody long is left on this? Because I can't watch this man rant and rave anymore. <laughs> That's why I started drawing farm animals. Can we talk about Philip Baker Hall some more before we sort of close up? Because I really want like the crime of this is that he didn't receive a single nomination anywhere, let really? alone. A, a, a win for anything. Okay, there's been and, some god awful films out there. What was the one that we watched that I hated? Was it the, was it like the the color purple? Yes. Or something. Nobody. What? what, what I can't remember what it was. It was the color purple. It was the color purple. We Why was ball? I so angry at it? Because it was no, it was because it was like nearly three hours long, and you you thought you, when you put it on, it was going to be like ninety minutes. It was like <laughs> I've got this far into it now, I can't put it off. Was it like nobody died, and I was like, just die, <laughs> get some real tragedy in this. But yeah, but no, like that got that did really well. Yeah, this I thought you could see just the passion and everything. He put his heart and soul into that. And I may not have enjoyed the film, but I didn't enjoy the film because I figured that I like to see more than just one person ranting and raving on the and, screen. And that's completely which fine. Is fine, and I like to know a little bit more about what's going on. Yeah. Instead of just thinking he's talking about 70s porn films. Because <laughs> I was like, why is he going on about this? I'm sure that that is like... Isn't it like Amanda Lovelace or something? Linda, Lo- Linda Lovelace. Linda Lovelace. Yeah, I was like, why is he going on about, like, her film? But but he goes on and stuff like some rumours that... He he doesn't confirm because, obviously, it's a fictional film, but the CIA kills Marilyn Monroe. He lets that slip in a drunken super. Yeah, he did. And just the way he berates Kissinger on a wall and goes down, prays. It's, he was he, 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 he is one... He, honestly, for me, it's one of the best 
male performances that I've ever seen. And do you know what I quite like about it too? Is it's the sort of film that, yes, you've got to be talented and you've got to be a good writer, but anybody could make. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have cost low a lot budget. of money, low budget. It was actually, he was Robert Altman was teaching at a university in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And they made this film as part of the class. So the people who were studying had some of the crew member roles. Oh, that's quite cute. I like so that. So you've got this, them teaching the ropes on this really low-key um, story. And it has that, I love one set films. There's an Alfred Hitchcock film called Rope, where it all takes place in one room. And it opens up with these two guys killing a person strangling him and putting him in a ottoman, a chest. That sounds more interesting. And then they're having a party in this room in like five minutes' time. So it's all played around. It's like, do you know when you see... It's like that with the gun. Because you open that gun, it's like, okay, that's going to come back. You've got the tension always there of what's going to happen next. What You see him dis- dishrevel, you see him get a little bit more depressed. Mm-hmm. Is it going to sort of roller coaster out of control? And Rope is very much like that. I mean, Rope is like a 70 minute film as well. It's superb. But I love films that have restrictions because I think restrictions incite creativity. Yeah, and it was. I thought when you first said it to me, I was like, okay, that sounds something so completely different to what we'd normally watch. Yeah, let's give it a go. Let's watch it. It was the subject matter and how it was. And how the subject matter was done. The way it was presented. The way it was presented. I like the actor. I really like the idea. I just... Yeah, the presentation to me, it was just too much. Yeah, it was just way too much for like a a school night. (laughs) It was too much for a school night. As I try and find all the clips in my head. You you are the new Roger Ebert. (laughs) I don't know who that is. (laughs) It was like the world's most famous film critic. Do you know when you see people say two thumbs up? Yeah. That's Roger Ebert. Okay. He's I, not alive now, he died. I, I didn't really watch any of that sort of stuff. I just watch YouTubers. <laughs> well, this is way before YouTube. Is just like, <laughs> but no, um, I think that's us really on Secret Honour. Yeah, I, w- I would say if you are politically minded, um, and the thing is, I, I do enjoy politics. I just didn't have a very big understanding of this and I thought that this film would give me a much bigger understanding probably another reason why I was a bit disappointed because I thought I was going to learn some crack and I just didn't and um, yeah I, I would say that people probably enjoy it more if you know the whole Watergate scandal you'd probably enjoy it if you don't know the Watergate scan- scandal maybe go for like the Frost Nixon film a little yeah, bit more. go I'm... for something a little less heavy because this was heavy it was very very heavy very very heavy and I think if you want to go in there trying to understand um, a person's interpretation of Nixon mm-hmm. and why he was the way he was and just to try and get that bit of behind the scenes in a way but I know it's fiction but yeah. how, he, how he would have been in certain places like such a hot temper such a sort of vivacious debater that it's just trying to understand how a man can go from the most powerful man in the world to a weeping shallow 
shell of a man carrying his office with mm-hmm. a gun. It's just like a brilliant fall from grace. And it was. He was the actor was wonderful. <laughs> No, but I'm um, not watching it again. I'm really sorry. I was, I was going to put it on again tonight. Well, I did say I wanted to go to sleep. <laughs> so no, maybe so, it's a good thing. So I think that is enough for um, Secret Honor. Yes. Might be a little bit of a short one this week, but um, we've got next to History Makers um, in episode 15. So you have to try and get thinking of what you want to pick this time. Thinking of things. <laughs> and next week. Next week, I'm bring, I'm bringing up the list. Oh, you're bringing up the list. Bringing up the list. I think we know what we're doing, but. Do we? We chosen it already. Oh, oh, yeah, we did. We are doing so bad it's good. Right, so bad it's good. So films that you sit and you watch and you're like, this is so incredibly bad. How did this get made? How did this get past producers? But then you get to the end and you're like, brilliant. I love, I love trash films. There is actually a podcast out there called How Did This Get Made? And it's with um, Paul Shear. Uh-huh. Who you'll know, you'll, you'll know his face. And Jason Manzoukas, who played, um, oh, what's, what's his name? I forgot his name in The Good Place. Oh, oh, uh, and he just shouts. Thingy's girlfriend. No. Thingy's boyfriend. Thingy's um, boyfriend. The one that she makes. Yes. Um. I forgot his name. I don't know Greg? his name. He might he might be something like that. But he it's he, he, their podcast, and every week they talk about these films that are just ridiculous and how do they go through? It's it's very funny. It's like a really good comedic podcast. So get in touch with us and tell us what films are so bad that it's good for you. What films do you love that are horrifically terrible? I think everybody's going to be really pleased with mine next week. <laughs> I also think it's so bad that a lot of people may not have heard of it. Wow. I'm going to give you a hint. It's got Paris Hilton in it. Oh, she's a lovely actress. She's, she's, why she hasn't got an Oscar yet, I don't know. I'm pretty sure she got an AVN award. She's an adult one. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. She's got an adult oh. Oscar. Why she hasn't got a regular Oscar, I don't know. But, yeah, um, that is what we're doing next week. So, yeah, get in touch with us on Twitter, on at mm. his film, her movie, on Instagram. Which is at his film, her movie podcast. Yes. Yay! And you can email us on hfhmpodcast at gmail.com. Is there, do we have anything else to say or should we get out of here? We need to let the baby back in the room. She's having a cry, so I think yeah. we better go. Better let the cat back in because I've banished her because of sound. <laughs> You're just jealous because she's got, she'd back me up. She would back you up. Yay! By biting me. <laughs> That's uh, it. Yeah, so we'll see you next week. See you then. Bye.